When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The award-winning seven-seat Kia Sorento. Kia, official partner of the FIFA Women's World Cup 2023. Australian-owned and supporting communities, the arts and you. Join Lumo Energy today for a brighter essay. This is Sports Day. Good evening, Malcolm Blood and David Wildey. All thanks to Polaris Sports Day SA, Australia's number one selling side-by-side brand, the Polaris MI23 plate clearance on now. Save up to $3,000 on selected models. We're not far away from kickoff and mm. the much-anticipated game between Matildas and England. The winner goes to the final against Spain. Unbelievable, the reaction all around Australia. And well done to the girls, too. They're becoming household names. In fact, we'll speak with uh, former Adelaide United women's star Jenna McCormack. Was, she's part of the SEN football coverage. Also played, I think, four games for the Matildas. Also played FLW. And Alex Silvani, the forgotten Fremantle docker, his um, career was cut by injury, but he'll touch base with uh, Malcolm and myself a little bit later. So welcome, Blighty. Hi, Malcolm. How are you? Uh, David, good, thanks. Yeah, what a night. <laughs> I think we're all going to be sitting uh, watching a TV a little bit later on and, um, and, and barracking for the Matildas. It's incredible. Actually, I meant to say North Adelaide, if you want to get down to the club there, they've got the big screen and uh, you can watch it at North Adelaide night. Craig Burton told me last night, and I just remembered then. But oh, yeah, so there are so that's down at Prospect Oval? Places yep. all around, aren't there? Yep. All the pubs and uh, there's some big screens around. But um, on a sad note, and I mean, everybody's career, career it comes to an end. Paul Seedsman, though, he's been in limbo the last couple of years with concussion and and uh, no real surprise, decided to pull the pin and retire. Yeah, 132 games. Yeah, it is a shame because I, I thought his last couple of years at the Crows oh. were his best and it looked like something was going Beautiful to be special. Beautiful Yeah, but that is, yeah, it's, it's, it's finished the wrong way, but uh, hopefully his health gets better. You love beautiful kicks, don't yeah, you? You guys look there and yeah, nod on it. admiring it. Let's hear from Paul Seedsman. I had to see the AFL concussion um, panel a couple of weeks ago and so the recommendation uh, from them was to cease um, all contact sport um, and you know it, it's sort of been on the cards for a while I suppose. Um, yeah, I still haven't been able to really progress um, in any meaningful training. You know, I've, I haven't ran all year. I, I might have done one jog sometime in January or February and um, you know football requires you to do a bit more than that so um, from that sense that I knew I knew the end was coming and um, yeah I suppose that's, that's how we ended up here. So you see the doctors, doctors say you can't play, you can't fulfil, you would have been paid by the Adelaide Crows but does that then give you compensation outside, he's retired and he's retired because of head knocks so would, they, he would have been paid out his contract with the club. I reckon this, is, this, this happened at training, it was a training accident that caused this one, now you may have had some before, I just can't remember so I don't know. I, I think there'll be... Yeah, so it's uh, a work injury. You yeah, hurt yourself yeah, playing. Yeah, yeah and, and, and training. And, uh, yeah, I guess that'll all unfold, David. I guess we'll find out something in that. I, 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 I've got no idea on that subject. Um, as I've said, you know, there's many of us have had many of them. Um, I don't know what happens from here. I really don't know where that goes now. You know Ken Hinkley and you know David Kosh and Koshy, um, well, it's been a bit of mystery, a mystique up until 
yesterday, but we both thought that Ken Hinckley, just given on performance, on, on facts and figures, he has to get two more years. Yeah, and I, th- I think that if, if Port Adelaide have done something right there, it's they said August, and guess what happened? He's appointed in August. They got it in Mid-August. August. And so why don't we listen from what Koshy had to say, why now and why Ken Hinckley? I'm a data person. Mm. You know, that takes... I get very emotional during games and I end up going on my, my AFL app and checking contested possessions and clearances and tackles. And that's how I de-stress because I just look at facts. Mm. And, and the facts of the matter are um, that on a win-loss basis, Ken is the most successful head coach that Port Adelaide's had in the AFL era. He broke the club record 13 straight games in a row. The previous record was eight or nine. So, um, and, and we finished in that top four. The facts are that, that Ken Hinckley deserves um, uh, to continue as the Port Adelaide coach. And I hope people out there remember what was... He deserved it. He'd earned it. I think the he foot, has. The football club has done their due diligence. And now, now, what they all need and every Port supporter needs is a, is a touch of Irish luck or a touch of oh. any luck going into a final series, which I think they can probably do. Looking at their list, they could do for the next three years. You know, the, those beautiful young, young players, a couple of older blokes, but there's some kids coming up. I think their list is in really good shape. So I think, and I've always said, if you can make top four, gee, the rest of it, you need more than an ounce of luck. In our second segment, why don't you talk about luck? I want to pose a couple of questions to you on the top four or five teams and see what M. Blythe thinks. But let's go to Troy. What's the show without Troy? Hello, Troy. How you going, boys? Hey, um, you talk about ACLs and injuries and that, boys. Um, I picked my dog up from the vet from an ACL operation today. Don't ask me how much the fee oh. was because yeah, oh, it's scary. Is he, is he good? Is he okay? Yeah, she's good. Yeah, she's only uh, rehab for uh, four weeks in a in a pen, not allowed to move. Got a cone over her head. She looks quite funny, but anyway, yeah. it'll do the job. Oh, wow. Hey, um, what I rang for is people are saying um, that this is a session plan. I know. Well, it looks like it is between Hinkley and um, Josh Carr. Josh Carr, yeah. And they're comparing it with uh, Buckley and Moldhouse. Well, you've got to throw somebody else in there. There's, there's not the three amigos, mate. It's the three egos yeah. involved in there with Eddie as well. Bloody said but that. I think it'll work. I think... Um, Were you eavesdropping on a conversation? you eavesdropping on a conversation um, David and I just had? <laughs> Oh, <laughs> I have hearing aids. I don't know if they've worked that far or not. But uh, I do think it's a good idea because I think when Ken wins his three premierships and then he can just pass it on to Josh Carr and the players are still, like the main three, are still fairly young in their mid to late 20s. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I, I would suggest that everyone... That we know there's a process that goes through. Every club goes through it. Everyone tries to get there and the silverware would be a great finish. Uh, for a long-serving coach, but it doesn't always work out that way, sadly. But it's in the lap of the gods now. But guess what? They're giving themselves every single solitary chance. Troy must have heard you <laughs> 10 minutes ago before we come on. Uh, three amigos, three egos, but uh, he thinks it's different. Well done there, Troy. Hey, you brought up uh, last night 
about the Mag- Mag- uh, Brownlow or McGarry. They're all midfield yeah. medals. And we've got a Coleman for, to reward the top goal kicker in the forward line. We're trying to think of a name for a defender and having an award. And I think I think one day it will come in. We've got all Australian. We've got every position covered except defence. Correct. You had an idea today. Yeah, I did. Actually, I went back and, and um, <laughs> looked back at the previous... The Brownlow Medal is named after administrator and player. The Coleman's named after a fantastic goal kicker and, and coach and da-da-da-da-da. So I was thinking today, who, who could this person be that we could name this medal? Norm Smith is gets the medal for yep. best on ground and he's no longer with us so once again i thought well, who was the key defender that won a brownlow medal got you know has who, there been who, any yes what? there has been there's been three or four that, that were written in the book as center half back but there's one being defined as fullback and i've never heard anyone else i have met him sadly he passed away three or four years ago at the age of 84 and his name was fred goldsmith played for south melbourne in 1955 won the Brownlow Medal at fullback. At fullback. Now, I, what actually happens there is that um, I just think that if you talk about the true defensive position, I suppose in the in the in, the, in our game has been fullback, isn't it? I mean, you played there a lot yourself. So I thought that Freddie Goldsmith, who was a wonderful man, won a Brownlow Medal it. at fullback, and the name Goldsmith Medal hasn't that got a? It's got the Goldsmith and it's got you know Norm Smith and it's got the gold. Danny Frawley's you no. know, golden fist. Uh, Someone said Ken, Fle- uh, Ken Fletcher. Ju- uh, Dustin, Dustin Fletcher, Fletcher, 400 games. Yeah. But this guy's actually won a medal. Yeah. So I just thought, that, you know, and I, I just had, you know, that brainwave and you think, ah, we should have a defender's medal. You know, if, okay, we've, we've decided there's a goal-kicking one, there's a midfield medal, let's call it. The umpires give it. There's the coaches' award. There's other awards. But that, that, that voting for the media, I'm talking about the media, they watch all the games. The Goldsmith Medal, doesn't it? It's got a nice ring to it. Don't mind it. Oh, oh, thank you, David. Well, I I think they deserve a medal. and It's always the accolades go to the midfielders or the guys that kick the goals. But someone's got to try and stop the goals. Correct. And I I, I think when you think back, I mean, there's lots of other names you you could put in there. And, you know, I get that. But that was one that just hit me between the eyes. The only fullback to win. Mm. You know, I mean... It, it, it's it's something, isn't it? It is something. Um, anyhow, I, it's, I'm going to throw it out there let's, now. Let's, let's uh, canvas it. Let's go to AFL House and say, this is Sports Day SA's idea. Give us a little bit of feedback and yeah, kudos. The, we've got some text on this. The truck, Bren Rutten, Trevor Barker, great player, Trevor Barker medal. We've, we've also had Danny Frawley. We've also had, um, you just mentioned before, Dustin, uh, Fletcher. Dustin Fletcher. I mean, there's some great names out there. Uh, eventually... Eventually, I agree you should pick one, and I think we should do it. And David, if it's going to be something we do in in our role in the media, the Ben Hart Medal, I'd, I'd love that. I'd vote for that. But I think we need to go back a bit, and it and it means something to be the only one that's won from fullback. Who are the great fullbacks? David Dench, Stephen Silvati, Jeff Southby, Kelvin Moore. And what about? Um in South Australia, Bob Hammond was Bob a Hammond. wonderful fullback, superstar. Now Ian, Ian, Ian McKay. McKay, did he win at fullback or centre back? Yeah, no, I, I believe he's a backman. Yeah, as a backman. Ron Nebone won centre half back. Yeah, I think Ian McKay said if you talk to the people, he, he was a fullback, but he, he played somewhere else. And most players did, I suppose. But I just, I just think it is the brown, it is the VFL stroke AFL that we're in now. And I, I you know, as I said, I, you talk to the family and. 
it may fall on deaf ears, but I reckon it'd be worth something. You took a few marks in your time, but when you walk into the Adelaide Oval back of the Western Stand, there's a picture of Ian McKay, Ian McKay what, taking a, what a great over mark. Pat Hall. Yeah, what a great mark. I think Pat's still alive. Yeah. I was thinking it, he's got to be in his early 90s. Yeah, no, he's, it, it, and yeah, wonderful man. You know, when I started commentary, I called with Pat Hall and KG. Yeah, there you go. And John, John Hall's Pat's son. Son, yeah. Incredible, isn't it? Yeah, it, it so, is. Hey, what well about all Australian captain? You got any thoughts? Yeah, no, I have. Now, you know, we did the the votes, coaches' votes last week, uh, yesterday. Yeah. And uh, there were, you know, all of them in it. These are the guys. Marcus Bontemprelli is in the coaches' votes. So they've had good years, is what I'm saying. Toby Green is Lockie Neal. Yep. Jordan Dawson and Patrick Cripps. They're the one, two, three, four, five that are in the top 15 in the coaches' votes. So they've had... That are captains. Pretty good years. You agree yeah, with that? Yeah, yeah. Dawson and, uh, Dawson and Toby Green in particular. Okay. Darcy Moore's not in that group, and he's missed some games with injury. And Max Gorn had some injuries yeah. early, and, and, you know, with swapping with Grundy. So yeah. I, I just don't... I thought Darcy Moore halfway through the year was probably it. It's, it's really tapered off, hasn't it? I reckon him. the two there, to me, are Dawson and Toby Green. Right. Dawson's surpassed everyone's expectations. Toby Green's had an amazing year. He has. Now, if can you? It's happened before, but can you get an All Australian captain from a team that doesn't make the eight? Yeah, yeah. They've had All Australian captains that haven't been kept in their club many times. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Hawkins was last year. Which... Yeah, and I remember Buddy was and should. Yeah. Been, you know, so I don't. Yeah. I don't think you have to be captain. So, so if you your, your choice right now, we've got a Toby captain. Green. Okay. Vice captain Jordan Dawson. Let's go to John. Hi, John. Hi, David Malcolm. You talk about great defenders and all the rest of it from a long, long time ago. Like, we're all extra here are stories, I think, of general sport and whatever else. Mr. Hugh Blake's over the years, and I enjoy my history. What about Dan Moriarty? I know this is for their side of fell, I understand that. And maybe Jack Regan, the principal back to Collingwood. Yeah, for Regan. Yeah, I actually... Jack I... Regan and Dan Moriarty. Yeah, actually, John, you know what? When, when they did the... Um... The team of the century. I thought that Jack Regan would have got the nod there. Only looking at his history, they gave it to Stephen Silvani, so no argument. But I honestly thought that that would be the case. And well, was Moriarty well, a defender? I, I, oh, there's I, a ruckman. I, but yeah, I thought no. I, yeah, I wasn't sure he's a. I thought he was played in the fifties. Yeah, I thought. Well, we'll have to check that. But thanks, John. Very quickly, let's go to Malcolm. Hi, Malcolm. G'day, David. Malcolm, how are you going? Good, thank you. Um, just want to confirm, I guess, uh, I think uh, Port's reappointment of uh, Ken Hinckley. I think that's uh, a marvellous move and one that really is deserved because uh, Ken, whilst he's been there for a few years, he's certainly put in some hard yards and to have some of these uh, young kids coming through that are playing particularly well, I think it's nice that they uh, Port clubs uh, to be able to perhaps uh, give uh, Ken maybe another two, maybe even you know three or four years with these young kids and then maybe Josh Carr will get a chance to have him win the another three or four years older. So there's a bit of uh, give and take on both sides for, for perhaps for Ken and maybe for Josh or whoever the next coach might be. Yeah, well said. I I think that's right. I mean, you know, he's the man uh, and, you know, we I've, I've just got the idea that he's actually grown with the group. This is Ken Hinckley. I love him. And, and he's also giving a bit more to the other coaches. He's starting to spread the love a bit more and that's the best way to do it these days. Good on you, Malcolm. Thanks for that. Uh, show thanks to Kia and Lumo, key official part of the FIFA Women's World Cup. That's on in less than an hour's time. I think we're looking forward to that game. And Lumo Energy SA switched to the affirmative. Join Lumo today 
Uh, we've got Alex Silvani coming up, former docker, and also played for the Blues. And Jenna McCormack, she's at the ground. She's at the ground. We're going to talk all things soccer. She's part of the SEN football coverage. Malcolm Blight and David Wildey, this is Sports Day SA. The award-winning seven-seat Kia Sorento. Kia, official partner of the FIFA Women's World Cup 2023. Australian-owned and supporting communities, the arts and you. Join Lumo Energy today for a brighter SA. Welcome back to Sports Day SAG. What are we? About an hour away from the, the big game, all thanks to Cobram Estate. Cobram Estate Premium, Australian extra virgin olive oil. Gee, you should try that, as we said. Love it. In Northern Victoria, it's the most awarded extra virgin olive oil, grown, harvested and first cold-pressed. Hey, some big news, Malcolm, too. Not good news, really. Well, Sam, it's good news that Sam Kerr will start mm-hmm. Matildas, but Alana Kennedy, who's had a lot of injuries Throughout her career, she's out with illness. She's broken a shoulder, had tendon damage on that, but illness tonight. So a defender slash moving up to midfield, but Kerr's a striker or up forward, so they're going to have to reshuffle. Yeah, I, I was half looking for Sam Kerr to do what she's done in the past few games. Come on a bit, save herself, because, you know, she's not 100% fit. She couldn't be. She must have been. And you can't run a lot with a calf, David, as you well know. So... That's, that, it's a bit of an out, actually. It's a bit unbalancing uh, to what they've done in the past. Uh, she'd been replaced by the most capped Matildas player, Claire Pockinghorn. So, um, fortunately for Lana, not even at the ground, so she must be not well at all. Hey, just a quick one for you. I was thinking if you took the two best players out of the top five sides, yep. how many of those, and you can pick anyone you like, say the Ringer, this is where you, you mentioned luck before. I think there's only one side that can still go top. If you take, you, you, let's, if you took out who for Port Adelaide, say, who would you take? The uh, there's no doubt, Rosie and Butters okay. are the coach. Can they win a premiership if they're out? I doubt it. I, I don't think they can at all. I, I'm sure okay. that. What about Melbourne? Gorn, Gorn and, and Petrarca. <laughs> I think <laughs> just, they'd yeah, struggle. I've just done that. Now, Brisbane. I've got Lockie Neal and Harris Andrews. The same here. Really? They're, they're the two, I think. The full back? Yeah. And their best, best midfielder. I don't think they can win a flag without their best fullback or midfielder. Now, on, on Collingwood, who's sitting on top of the ladder, Darcy Moore's out at the moment, Nick Dacos. I've just heard that DeGoey and Billy, um, what's his name, Hill, Young Hill, is out as well. So they're, they're four big outs. Goey's going to miss this week. I don't think they've, they've wrapped up top position. I don't think it really matters. So it's, um, I think Brisbane are a big chance because I think Collingwood winning last week. Collingwood, the other one, they've got their two best players possibly out at the moment. Yeah, they have. And I still think they can go top. Now, on Carlton as the team in the fifth. Who do you got, take out there? Well, I've got Charlie Curnow. Oh. Is Patrick Coops back in a bit of form? He, he, oh, see, he They can't win without those two. No. Curnow's the beacon up forward in their best midfield. So, this is what I'm saying. I think the only team that can cover that is probably Collingwood. I, I think they can cover Nick Dacos, who wasn't in great form prior to getting hurt. And I think Darcy Moore was either, Malcolm. So. No, I, I agree. The last three or four weeks, I thought he was All-Australian captain halfway through the year, but he's just dropped off a bit. I, I, yeah, I'd have to say that uh, those two are going to be big, but Degoe out, hopefully you can get right. But Rosie and Butters for Port Adelaide, they're the two for me. I mean, they've got a lot of other good players, of course, but they're the two. Yeah, no, exactly that. Um, we've still got plenty to come too. Is Alex Silvani, I'm oh, also yeah. speaking soccer. Who's your tip tonight? What are you thinking, Malcolm? Well, I'm, I, I had it one love, Australia. I reckon one love, don't you? Um, one love. Yeah. I reckon. I think we might go to. I think we might go to penalties again. 
There you go. Penalties, I'm calling. So I know you love it. Yeah, I do. I know you love it. Okay. Okay, stick around. It says soccer not far away on SEM, but we got plenty more on Sports Day SA. Malcolm Blight and David Wildy back with more shortly. The award-winning seven-seat Kia Sorento. Kia, official partner of the FIFA Women's World Cup 2023. Australian-owned and supporting communities, the arts and you. Join Lumo Energy today for a brighter SA. Welcome back to Sports Day SA. David Wildey and Malcolm Blight for Toolkit Depot. Tools, equipment, safety gear are the Toolkit Depot trading nights. Wednesday, August 23. Head to toolkitdepot.com.au for more details. Bloody our next guest, well, he's not only a footballer, but he's a reality star. <laughs> yes, and the is. Channel 9 show, um, I think it's called The Summit, mm. uh, a massive mountain they had to climb. I don't know, they had to go about 200 caves to get up to the top of this mountain. In the, and uh, Alex Silvani was one of the stars, made it to the last four or five, and then he got backstabbed. He got stabbed, don't remember. Alex, how are you? <laughs> G'day, guys. Going well. Reality star's probably a bit of a stretch, but uh, yes, I was on a reality show. Uh, going well. Going well, well uh, life is still in the back. Well and truly, it, it was very popular, Alex, and you presented well. You credit to your family, but that's how those things go. You had a chance to to go for a million dollars. You got to the last uh, few, but at least your mate Isaac he ended up taking the, most of the cash home. He did. That was a really good result in the end. Um, really good, really good guy, um, but really good experience for everyone, I think. Just just quickly before we talk footy. How tough was that? How cold was it? How gruelling was it? You're coming from an elite uh, sporting background. Some of them didn't, and a few of the stragglers got left behind. But where do you rate that in some of the tasks you had to do as far as uh, difficulty? Oh, I don't know. I was asked that question. I played on Buddy Franklin quite a few times. That was SCG with a packed house in the final against Buddy was uh, quite challenging. But this was it was just a different challenge. Though I think the hardest part was... Uh, the gameplay and the strategy and um, there's all these sort of conversations going on around the place that you're not privy to and it's, okay, what's the next step, what's the next step, what's the next step? Correlations between that and footy, but this it was, okay, who do I trust here? I can trust my teammates when I'm playing, but on this mountain, I don't think I can trust anyone. So um, in terms of the physical component, uh, climbing ropes, there was some, I mean, if you're scared of heights, not a great one, but uh, climbing ropes, there was a lake, uh, which was absolutely freezing. Uh, the helicopter chase, um, yeah, the hikes themselves were quite challenging. But um, yeah, it was it was you know we had some good people around, and it was um, a really awesome experience to go through it with them and achieve what we achieved. So it's good. Yeah, uh, Alex, uh, I heard David talk about it. The summit, oh, mate. <laughs> I, I have a kryptonite. <laughs> I have a kryptonite, and it's called heights. Yeah. I, I watched no it for about there. three seconds, and I thought, oh, look at him up there. No. <laughs> so, Alex, congratulations, oh. whatever you did. I didn't see a second of it because I hate heights. <laughs> now, <laughs> back to footy. Back to footy. Yep. I want to ask you a question first. We had a discussion yesterday mm. about the Brownlow mm. medal, also the Common medal. So we've got... You know, the midfielder's medal, as we all call it now, probably. And we've got this... I mean, you played a lot of defence, as you mentioned, on Buddy. I've come up with a suggestion today that David and I talked about earlier. The the only player to win a Brownlow medal in 1955 at full-back was Fred Goldsmith. I did meet him. Uh, he played for South Melbourne. And I, I just, I've got this feeling the Goldsmith medal of all the people... There were four others that played centre-half-back. And, you know, you're a terrific defender yourself. 
but I've just got this feeling we should name it after someone like the other ones, but acknowledge acknowledge mm. the best defender for the year. How, how does that grab I, you? I love that. I love that. I absolutely love that. It's not often you it's more about kicks up the backside from, from that end. So to get the acknowledgement was, uh, would be really, really, really good. So I think it's a great idea and I'm all for it. Oh, good on you, mate. Now, you've you played for Frio and you've also played for Carlton. I'll ask you yep. some questions. Now, yep. Fremantle's sure. season's been interesting. Justin Longmuir, yep. just going back, he's, he's won 10 wins, 10 wins, 15 and a half wins last year to finish six. Now he's on nine yep. wins. And I know there's been a bit of noise in your part of the world, and that is WA, about Justin Longmuir. Yep. I've seen this happen so many times. You start off down the bottom and then all of a sudden you get on this little rise, you go up, and then for one year, for some unknown reason, you just have this little back off, and then you go again. Which page are you on yeah. with Justin Longmuir right now? Uh, it is a difficult one, and there has been a lot of noise. Obviously, you've got West Coast over here at the moment, and that's overshadowed a lot of the conversation mm. around Freo. But um, as a as an ex you know, Freo footballer, and I still you know best mates with Dave Mundy and Luke McFarlane and Ten Nomazunga, these sort of guys. Um, they're around the club a bit. So um, they've got a really good coach in Justin Longmuir, but um, I think by round six next year, we'll have a really good indication of where he's going to take the group. Um, if they're not performing, I think that potentially is it. But um, I know they respond well. We've seen glimpses, really poor starts. Um they gained some momentum, really poor again. But they, you know, the win last week was fantastic. I'll be at West Coast. They've they put it up against some really good sides, sides, and you've seen some positivity with certain players, young players. So, um, yeah, it's a really difficult one to judge, as you guys would know. It's it changes every week, and then you know the momentum builds, and it's action built confidence. Once there's you know confidence in the in the players, then they'll carry it through. Similar to Carlton, what Carlton are doing at the moment. It's, it's Really interesting to see. Can be a difficult task going and, and playing the the Purple Army over there. Um, well, it doesn't matter where you're on the table. And Frio have beaten Geelong, had mm. a massive win against. Yeah, you're right. Probably Witches Hats last week, but it won't be easy for Port, will it, to come over? Port had a good win over the Giants last week, but it's never easy if uh, Fremantle show a little bit of form. Yeah, it's it's. I mean, that stadium itself and the supporters, they're passionate people, nice and loud. Um, the danger with certain other sides where there's a lot of pressure in finals, I think, is where they're competing in sides that are outside of the eight and not a chance. Um, they're playing unrestricted, you know, Frio and those sort of teams. They've got nothing to lose, um, whilst, you know, there's, there is um, some noise around their performance. So they're not, the shackles are almost released. So um, there's freedom with football, and I think we've seen that their footy. We saw that last week against West Coast. Um, we saw some young kids pop up, like Lockie Schultz, fantastic, Jai Miss, um, Sturt, yeah. these sort of guys. Um, you know, they're playing with freedom. Early in the year, it was really stagnant, that back half play where it was chip around, chip around, um, and they were just getting, teams were just getting turnovers really easy. It's a bit more free-flowing now, and I think you've seen that quite a bit. And that um, that mixed in with the uh, really, really passionate Fremantle crowd, it's a, it's a really tough place to play. I was going to ask you about one giant miss. Every time I've seen him, mm. he does something to me that just turns me on. I mean, he can take a mark, he can no, kick a goal, kid. yeah. And and he's just got yeah. he's got some recovery in him. Do you, do you like him? And do you think can he can be a another preseason? He could be a really big improver. 
Attachment to Jai, I've got a football academy with Matty DeBoer over here in WA called Wester. Um, and Jai, whilst I can't claim him, he, you know, it's 11 to 16 year olds or 15 year olds, and he came through that. So I saw his as he progressed through that stage um, of a young kid and, you know, big and gangly. And, um, but he's just, he is that unlikely sort of hero, and he can pop up and do really, really um, great things. So, um, yeah, like I said, there's a lot of potential in a, in a lot of those kids that are coming through, and um, yeah, he's he's one definitely that's very exciting. We'll, we'll go back three in a minute. I just want to ask one a question. You coached a lot, a lot of your you were coached in your career by Ross Lyon. Uh, first of all, yep. I mean, obviously had pretty good results. It uh, nearly nearly got the golden gong. But have you been surprised with St Kilda? I mean, he's made them. He's actually looks as though he's improved them from what they've been for the last few years. Do you follow him, obviously, as as a former coach? I, I do a little bit. I've, uh, I was, you know, that, uh, I've got to be careful what I say here, but uh, hopefully Ross is not listening. Um, really, he is, from a strategic point of view, absolutely phenomenal. The best coach I've ever had. Um, gets the game, understands it. Um, he's really demanding, and that's high performance. That's what you expect, which is really good um, with certain players. So when I came through, it was Nat Fife's, Matty Pavlich, Dave Mundy, McFarlane, these sort of guys, the older heads, which understood and could take that sort of feedback, I suppose, um, and had that discipline. Where my my thoughts on Ross was, okay, he's going to a youngish side and a, a side that hasn't experienced that. I'd like to see how they respond. But they've responded really, really well. Like I said, that, that uh, technical aspect of the game, um, he gets players playing to their best essentially, and I think he's done that with St Kilda. They've been, you know, they've been up and down a little bit, but more surprising, I think, for a lot of people where they're at um, than anything, to be honest. Alex Silvani, our guest, uh, you mentioned Nat Fife. I've been lucky enough to see him two or three times a year for the last, you know, 10, 12 years with commentating, but he averages one Brownlow vote per game up until the last couple of years. You've seen him at his best. I mean, just tell us a bit about Fife. Uh, he's arguably one of the, you know, the, one of the real greats. He, he is, and it's, I mean, there's, again, um, you see a lot of him. He's, uh, I feel like over here that we've had a lot of, you know, great players over here, but they haven't got as much attention or media over in Melbourne. And I'm not saying that Fife, he hasn't, but um, since he walked through the door, so I was taken in the same year, rookie draft, um, ball in hand to meetings, to everything. And he's so pragmatic, really intellectual as well. Um, and really uh, sinks everything into footy. He has a good balance with, you know, outside of that. Um, he's really well balanced, like I said, really intelligent. So um, his planning, preparation, really methodical. Um, he's, you know, he's a superstar and it's it's not on the back of just pure talent. He's really done the work. Um, he's had some good people around him as well, but um, exceptional character, great leader as well, which has been really good for those young kids. So, Hopefully he gets back soon and, uh, yeah, can make, make a real impact with that young group. Alex, your part mentioned the Eagles uh, earlier in the interview. And I, one of the things that's fascinating, just watching, you know, from Adelaide as we are here, and even just as a general football follower, the Adam Simpson story and, and where this is going to end up hmm. after Frio beat them by 100-odd points last week and they've had some horrible hidings and... It looks to me they've got a few of their players back. You know, we know Nick Natanui's just announced his retirement. So 
with your eyes, where do you where do you see the Eagles going? I'm talking probably in the next twelve months, let alone two years. Oh, that's a really interesting one. I, I did see quite a bit of the game on the weekend, and um, again, young young kids was you know the first thing that came to my mind. It was like, oh, who's this fellow? Who's this fellow? Who's this fellow? Um, young kid, kids inexperienced. It's really a test for Adam Simpson to see how quickly he can get them up to speed. And like you said, you, they lose a lot of um, talent and experience. The older guys, maturity. Um, recently, Shuey, um, you Hearn. You've got quite a few injuries to those experienced guys. Um, McGovern. Um, so you can get the right those guys, the older guys with experience back um, through injury, get them going. The older bodies, it's a bit harder to get them through, but you need them back and then you need the young kids to really um, step up. It's great now because they've had the experience and they've been exposed to it. Um, you can't walk down, as Ross used to say, you can't walk down the street and buy that experience. You need to, you need to get it through games and um, that's what they've been able to do. Um, but yeah, it's going to be a, a serious challenge for, for Simpson and um, he obviously needs to block out all the other noise and uh, if he's got the backing from the, the admin side of things and his coaches and his players, then um, there's no reason why he can't get back um, on the winner's list. Who's your early tip for the flag? Oh, oh. <laughs> great question. <laughs> I, 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 I mean, Collingwood have looked all right. Yeah. They look, I mean, not all right. They've looked fantastic. Um, there's chinks there. Brisbane have been pretty good. Port Adelaide as well. I, I just don't know. I, I, know, I couldn't tell you. I'm going to say Collingwood with Carlton as a smoky. I'm going to go with Carlton yeah. as a smoky. Just streaming home. Yeah. Just, just one more summit question. I know editing happens yep. in these shows, and people can look good and they can look bad. And you had a winter Olympian in there, Jackie Cooper, who's an absolute superstar on the ice, but came. I don't know whether he headed her badly, but. I just wanted to thrown off the mountain. Oh, um, you can't do that. What was she like? Yeah, oh, no, no. She's actually a really, really good person. It was, uh, yeah, it didn't come across that well. And, um, oh, okay. The first to admit that, but yeah, really good person. She's achieved so much, but irrespective of that, um, she's a yeah, really good, really good person. Um, wholesome family, um, couple of young kids, husbands, um, really generous, generous with time. Um, yeah. Well, I feel better now. She, she did, yeah, she did have a bad yeah. So um, I'm generally, you know, I, I I would be honest and go, look, it's yeah, not my not my person, but she's, you know, one of those yeah. people that just a really a really good person and um, didn't come across that well on there. So I think yeah. she had her time again. She may have uh, said some different things. So well, yeah. you did. Thanks for the chat, yeah. Alex. Really appreciate it. No worries. All good. Can I give a shout out? I've said to my mates. I'll give you his son an under-12 shout-out. They're uh, playing Hectorville Footy Club over in uh, SA. They've got a prelim final this Sunday. So oh, beautiful. Good luck to those guys, little Max. What's, what's his Christian uh, name, mate? What, what's his boy's uh, Christian it, name? Yeah, it's Max Rosetta. Max, go, Max. Go, Hectorville. <laughs> Good on you. Yep. Thanks, Alex. Beautiful. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. So. Alex Silvani Hectorville, just down the road yep. from me. Mate, yeah. Uh, uh, Going to speak with uh, former Adelaide United star shortly, Jenna McCormick. For tyre power, winter safety sale now on 25% off equivalent. Four for three on selected Falcon tyres. Tyre power, get your free five-minute safety check. Yeah, Alex Ivani, he was cut down with injury. Yeah, a defender. Yep. He had one, apparently one amazing game. Got, I think he might have got Brownlow votes on yeah. Buddy. Yeah.
round six. And um, Played, yeah. also had a little sin at Carlton too. Yeah, seven games at yeah. Carlton, fifty-three also with the uh, with Fremantle. Yeah, Fife. You would have studied Fife over the years. We don't get to see him as much as perhaps Adelaide or Melbourne no. people even. What did you like about Nat Fife? Oh, just he's found the footy, mate. I just the only thing with Nat, and he'd say it himself, he just in that grand final when they played uh, with Ross Lyon coaching, he just started off bad with his kicking, didn't he? That that and Hawthorne got away from him. But yeah. prior to that, I mean, at well, least he's, he's won a couple of Brownlows. And he's up there, as I say, a voter game. He's, oh, he's he's been a fantastic player. Injuries slowed him down a bit of recent times. Well, how's our next guest? As I said, former Adelaide United star Jenna McCormick. She also played for the AFLW Adelaide Crows, a couple yep. of premierships there. A good cricketer. She's a commentator, played for the Matildas. It's an amazing resume. Still only relatively young lady, and um, she joins us now. Jenna, thanks for your time. How are you going? Yeah, very good, thank you. Coming to you live straight from a packed Sydney train station, guys. I am in the thick of it here. There is lines going for days just to try and get to the stadium. It's, it's incredible. Yeah, we're talking Matildas of England in a, in a couple of hours' time. But, Jenna, just about yourself, it is amazing how you could swap codes and play so well. So you, got, you might, must have, I don't know whether you played it as a, as a young girl, but to go from soccer, top-level soccer, to AFLW and do very well, I mean, how did that come about? Oh, guys, it was, it was from the very beginning. Um, been playing every sport I could um, under the sun from, yeah, as you mentioned, just a young age. So a bit of natural talent helped along the way too, just to just to be able to play both sports at a, at a high level. But, um, you know, without the support of my family and friends, I wouldn't have been able to, of course, achieve um, what I have. So very proud. Yeah, very proud of the, of the first premiership, the AFLW Adelaide mm-hmm. 2017. What a, what a day that was. Now, Jenna, <clears throat> one of the great things, I love interviewing people in the, in the world game. We call it soccer here. Mm-hmm. I'm not, not sure why we shouldn't just call it football. But anyhow... I've looked it up. You, you, you guys travel. I mean, you play for different clubs, and that's the way the whole system seems to work. Iceland, Norway, Spain, and, and uh, da- uh, Danish. Denmark. Denmark, sorry. Went to sleep there. That's an amazing travel log. I mean, that's a great way to see the world. Oh, it certainly is. Um, you said it is, it is the world game, um, and it allows you and takes you to places. It's taken me to places I never ever imagined um and i've met some incredible people along the way i have you know had incredible experiences i've had very great ones i've had terrible ones i've experienced different cultures you know um it's been it's been a journey that's for sure and um you know wouldn't have been able to do that um if it wasn't if it wasn't for you know the fact that it is a world game and and that's what i love about it at the same time and being able to represent the country as well AFLW's got a great leg up having the big brother in, in assisting there and the girls are now getting uh, some some quality pay and some quality airtime. Do you think soccer, with given what the Matildas have done, is really going to make a good headway, Jennifer, like in the next few years, if, if the, they pump some more money into it? Oh, look, I really hope so. I think you can see the effect that it's had currently on um, the public and, and the community um, you know, and even people who don't even like soccer um, coming on board and supporting their national teams. And when we won this World Cup bid earlier on a couple of years ago, we uh, I, I just thought and I knew that the Australian community would get around um, this tournament because it is we love we love sport and we love supporting our national teams. And um, that effect, I think you can really see it now. You know, as I'm walking through this 
train station trying <laughs> to wiggle my way through people. It, it really is incredible. And I do hope that the people that do come out and find a new love for soccer and potentially some new idols as well um, on the field that they come out and support, you know, our National League here, which is yeah. still full of great quality and, and go for a long time now. And, um, you know, and, and that's how you can basically see some of the girls who will, you know, one day represent the Matildas. So it is a, it is a great... Um, place to start and, and come out and support and then, you know, that's hopefully what in turn this World Cup is going to do. I think most people, even non-soccer fans, would have heard of Sam Kerr but now we've, we've got Fowler, Carpenter, Mackenzie Arnold, Ford, Van Egmont. I mean, we're getting, these these girls are now becoming household names even though a lot of them have been playing for a number of years. Oh, absolutely. Um, and it's just great to see and, you know, a lot of people will um, support these players when they go back to their club land as well and continue to um, watch the games and, and um, you know, it is it is just really great to see that um, shift as well in momentum and, um, you know, it's not just about Sam Kerr anymore but we, of course, do love her and, and love watching her play but it's been great to see, you know, just unfortunately her injuries but it's been great to see um, so many other players just step up into that hole that had been left by Sam Kerr. Gee whiz! I, someone, I mean, you mentioned it, Mary Fowler. I, 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 we, the player that used to play football a number of years ago used to be called Twinkle Toes. She used to dance, you know, dance around. Her. She is gorgeous to watch, isn't she? The way she plays the game, so she is brilliant. Great. She is great. So technically skilled, um, and yeah. at such a young age as well. So. You're originally from Mount Gambier, Jenna. Yes, yes, I am country girl at heart, um, and uh, you know did the long journey and the long travel um, to get up to Adelaide for all the trainings and games. So it's certainly been uh, it's been a, a wild journey. And I, of course, have my parents, of course, to thank for that, for taking me to all of those trainings and games. Now, tonight, yeah. uh, how, how do the Matildas win? I'm, I can't believe the odds and gamble responsibly, $3.50 to win. Um, England, obviously, a, a very, very good side, but we've got the crowd, we've got the momentum, and they need to score a goal. If you don't score a goal, maybe even, you know, extra time, then penalty. So what's your thoughts? Oh, look, it's, it's going to be tough. Um, but uh, all the stars, I think, are aligning for Matildas to win the World Cup. And um, I really think that they can definitely do it. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm thinking that we might win this one, definitely. But I think it's going to take it to extra time today. So 2-1 for Matildas, extra time. And and two one Matildas, yeah. I'll write that down, Jenna. And some of the upsets, I mean, see the USA go out. This is the beauty of soccer, as I said. You can don't necessarily need to score a goal, but Japan were going so well until they got knocked out. Then we saw Spain in, you know, a couple of goals score a couple of goals in a couple of minutes. It's been a lot of upsets. It it has. It's been a World Cup that nobody ever predicted would happen. And as we know, a lot of teams, big teams, have been knocked out earlier on in the tournament, and it's just paved the way for some. Um, you know, lesser nations to create history for their own teams and create some inspiration for their own countries. And um, how great has that been, you know, to see the likes of Morocco um, as well. And, uh, yeah, so, you know, it's, it's been great in many ways. You have a great night, as said. Your own record as a sports person is, is unbelievable. Um, you're very lucky. Wish we were there ourselves, but uh, get them home. 
Get him home. Go to the telly. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Jenna McCormack there uh, just got off the train and walking into the stadium. Yeah, yeah we could hear that. The next train's oh. going too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just, oh, it was very loud, that? wasn't it? Yeah. It is, it's, I mean, it's exciting, isn't it? I mean, it's not far off starting, of course. And, wow, I wonder if the girls can do it. Oh, I'd, I'd love to be there. Um, but the momentum, we spoke about it last night. Does this make a little shift, a little dent in AFLW? At the moment, every yeah. girl wants to be a Matilda. Right now, right here. Yeah, that's true. Even young five, seven-year-olds. Uh, and, and soccer, to start, was probably a bit more gentle game to put them into, isn't it, than, than I, footy early? Yeah, it is. I, you're probably right with that, and that's being totally honest. But uh, they're both great games. Yeah, I, I agree. But it's a pity we don't see more than Matildas. You only get the World Cups. A bit like the Wallabies. You see them once every four years, don't you? Yeah. So it is um, it is like that. Um Who's your tip tonight? Got I'm, thirty I'm, seconds yeah, left. Yeah, I got, I got Adelaide. I reckon they Adelaide. I got on the mind. Australia. Yeah, I reckon they can win it. One nil. That'll look. That's enough to win, isn't it? One nil. Jenna said two one. Yeah, that's the same result. Good enough. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> one more goal. I hope it doesn't go back to penalties. Oh, you oh. don't mind that, though, do you? No, I don't know. I'm not sure. It's cutthroat. It's cutthroat. Scary. Okay, okay, that's it for us. Uh, unfortunately, I can't go or watch it. I'm going to see Mary Poppin yeah, shortly. Lovely. Good on you. Uh, we had Alex Silvani, we had Jenna McCormack, and we spoke all things football. Bloody, have a great night. We'll discuss the big game, Matilda's England, tomorrow night. Bye for now. Bye, David.